This is the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, launch into it. What's the speech? Oh. <laughs> so, all right, man, this is probably my best one in my life. Other than one I had when I was a Boys Club Bear for North Omaha Boys Club Bear. So, it was 03 season. So, this is our statistically best rushing season for Packer offense in Packer history. It was myself, Najee Davenport, and Tony Fisher. So, us three, we, and our offensive line, Mike Wall, Michael Rivera, Mike Flanagan, Chad Clifton, and Mark Tauscher, Will Henderson, fullback, Bubba Franks, tight end. Robert Ferguson and Donald Driver and Javon Walker and Brett. That offense, statistically, we from a run game and pass game standpoint, we're the most in productive in the, in the Green Bay Packer history. And it's Bears. So it's Bears week. So That's a big one. So this is, you know, this is Colorado back when I was here, Oklahoma week. So this mm-hmm. is serious, you know. Mm-hmm. Different parts of the body are tight, as we as we say in the football <laughs> world, in the sports world, in competition. Where is this thing going? It, it wants to go down. There we go. Yeah. All right, so it's uh, Wednesday's practice, so it's first official practice of the week. Tuesday is our world, or I say, universal day off. And you know, it's my third, fourth year. It's my fourth year there. I got there in two thousand, so I know you know Bears week, any conference, any divisional week, you know, Lions, Bears, Vikings. It's a serious week because it counts double. That's how I looked at it. I didn't get into the whole rivalry thing. I say a lot of us players didn't. Mm-hmm. We just looked at it as it was a game, but it counts double because if we win these games, then it makes it easier for us to get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We win our like we go undefeated in our division, then we win a division, we get we're in regardless of what other games we lose outside of our division, outside of our conference games. So, Coach uh, Sherman asked me. I don't know. I can't remember when he asked me, but he asked me for the for, uh, the meeting. He said, Amon, would you like to have a, say, a pep talk to the guys this week? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it was on Monday after meetings and stuff. And I said, yeah. I said, what day you want me to do it? He said, uh, do it on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday after morning, you know, after I'm done talking. And then I'll say, hey, Amon, you know, come up. He has, he has something to say to your teammates about this, ga- this week's game against the Bears. So I was like, all right. So he gave me a little setup. So we get to that time. He introduces me. I walk up. And... So I had a couple of days to think about it. You know, this was on Monday. I, he informed me. So Tuesday goes by, Wednesday goes by, and I was like, Tuesday. I'm thinking, even Monday too. I'm like, okay, this is Bearsy. So I say this is an easy game to get geeked up for. It's a rivalry. It's a divisional. This is the game that you know you've seen on Monday Night Football a thou- uh, probably a, a hundred times. You know the 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 history, the mm-hmm. players, right? So, so I thought about that, and that's what got me to do my speech. And so I looked at. All the players on both sides, you know, and a lot of them I watched because I was a you know Walter Payton fan, so I knew a lot of the Bears. I knew even the guys on defense, Wilbur Marshall, Mark Singletary, um, uh, I think it was a safe, uh, Richard Dent, Rich, the Fridge Perry, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so I get up in front of my teammates, you know, guys, you know, this is probably my maybe my first first time talking to them in this, you know, getting them geeked up, right? And I just I go I start going you know I say hey this weekend did it you know it's this game this is what it means to us here um, it counts double because we win this game then it gets us a little bit easier into the playoff hunt um, I don't and then I went into then I went in like hardcore on them where I said look I don't care who I don't care if the 85 Bears defense is on that field 
we running through them, you know, like a wet paper bag, boom, 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 boom. And by the end of the speech, my whole, all my teammates was like, yeah! and I was like, it's only Wednesday, but they like all week they kept it. And like guys would tell me like, dude, like on Sunday in the game when we, it was actually, yeah, it was, no, it was a Sunday, yeah, Sunday night game. We beat them. And even like every day after that, up until the kickoff, every guy was like, man, your speech this week. He said, if it would have happened on game day, we might have hurt people. <laughs> but it happened on Wednesday actually was a good thing because we were when you did that speech, it was like, AG, you don't you don't you don't say a whole lot. And you just said a whole bunch of stuff that made sense. Like you I don't care who's on that field, you know, Bears jersey, don't want you know, if it's the eighty five Bears, you know, that eighty five Bears defense was the best defense in NFL history, one of the best defense in NFL history. And to say, hey, we're gonna run through we don't care who's out on that field, but we're gonna put it down. We're gonna score these touchdowns, we're gonna get these sacks, make these turnovers. And then he said that right there just made it simple what we had to do in that field. He said, so I can't imagine if you gave us that speech on game day, we would have – people would have got hurt. <laughs> That's what one of my teammates said. People would have got hurt for sure. And uh, But, no, it was – like I said, it was straight from the heart. And I think that's the best speeches, straight from the heart. Even though I did have a couple of days to think about it, sometimes when you don't have that time, I learned that, you know what, I just react if that was me. Because I've had speeches where I got asked on the point, like, hey, you want to say something? I'm like, oh. I wasn't thinking about it, but okay, I'm here. So I, I didn't boom. And something just comes to me and then you go with it. And that's the best thing. If you have, if you have a pregame talk, don't matter if you have time to think about it or even write stuff down, or if it's spirit spur in the moment, just go with it. Go whatever thought pops in your head. Don't overthink it. When you overthink it, that's when you start stuttering and you kind of lose the momentum. So find something, stick with it. If you can bring a little emotion in there, like obviously if you're a quiet person, like I was, and me getting hyped up and yelling and getting like, guys were like, I've never seen him on like this. Oh, he's a different dude. You know, they already <laughs> knew I was different when I put my helmet on. I was like, I would go into um, what guy, I remember some of my teammates were like, man, when Amon has his helmet on, he's a different dude. <laughs> he's not the nice dude that's smiling and saying, what's up? How you doing? How you doing? How's your family? You know, he's a different player. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah, we don't, don't, don't really talk to him when he's, when he's playing ball. <laughs> But I'm like, so when I did that speech, like I said, guys was like, they were geeked up, and I was excited because you know I'm glad I didn't put my foot in my mouth, I didn't stutter because um, I hadn't done a, I say a ton of public speaking. I mean, I did at that time because I was, you know, autograph signings or speaking to classrooms, you know, for charity events or going to elementary school or whatever. I was getting that under my belt, but I was still, I say, I was still young in my public speaking career, mm -hmm. you know, how I could do it now. Now. I'm a vet, you know, I've been doing this since I say my first speech was at St. Richard's Elementary, my senior year at Central. Wow. And that one <laughs> was not good. <laughs> it was so I knew it was bad because between my button up blue at a blue button up shirt, collared shirt where the armpits were all sweated out. And mm -hmm. I know I blacked out because I don't oh, remember. I don't remember half of what I said. <laughs> And I was stuttering and everything. And my, at that time, my girlfriend, my daughter's mom was with us, and my head coach, Coach McMinimum, God rest his soul, he was there with us. And they both, I guess they probably were just out of support. They said, oh, yeah, you did good. But I was like, I know I was bad. <laughs> I know I probably didn't make sense on some of the things that came from my mom. And I know it was fourth grade class. And they're young, so they probably don't really. And it wasn't no pep talk. It was more about um, getting good grades being a good student um, and then, you know, making sure if you're an athlete, you know, that you still, you know, you got to work a little harder, 
to study because sometimes you come home tired, you don't want to work out, you don't want to study and all that stuff. So it was like one of those uh, educational talks. So I was like, because I was, um, I was what, I was on a roll um, mm-hmm. and a couple other words. I was actually first team academic team my freshman year too at, at, at Nebraska. So it was one of those talks. So, so yeah, it was, it was a learning experience that first one. I was like, man. I hope I don't have to do this again. <laughs> no time soon. Well, apparently between then and 2003, something clicked. Something that clicked. light bulb went yeah, on. Yeah, it was definitely clicked on. I say what I what I learned about public speaking and giving pep talks and motivating people. Obviously, you got to find something that people can relate to. You got to mm-hmm. say something they understand. Because if you're up there popping off and you saying stuff they don't get, they're kind of like, yeah, what, what, what? Huh? Huh? Which is worse, the huh or just kind of the the blank? To me, I don't both. To me, both. Because I've seen the blank and I've seen the huh? <laughs> I remember, oh, God. I, I've never – this is at my last school for eSports. <laughs> this is – we, we did our first ba- eSports banquet. So first year was COVID year. So 21, we did a sports banquet, eSports banquet. And it was one of the kids, and I, he's a good kid. He just – in, when he's in game mode, he gets a little sarcastic. And he gets a little where he feels like he knows everything. And this went on down his freshman year and went on through the year. And so I would, you know, we would have our little, you know, little butthead times. Because I'm like, I'm the coach. I'm just telling you this. I've got your back. I'm not. Because you would think I was trying to out-talk him. And I'm like, no, I'm not trying to out-talk him. I'm trying to tell you what you did wrong and correct it. And so we would have these little battles throughout the season. And we end up having a good season. He played uh, Overwatch. <clears throat> and his name's Nick. <laughs> and, he, uh, and I made the – I was trying to make it a good joke. And it came out so bad. This is where I know I know. Like, I, public speaking, I got down. Mm-hmm. Public speaking and being a comedian, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> I'm almost there. And so he had a moment where – I was talking, and it was just in my head, and I said to myself, I said, oh, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. So I had said that to one of the coaches, and we kind of just laughed on it and then moved on. But then in my my uh, at the banquet, we're talking, and I'm about to announce him coming up for something, and that came out. And I said, oh, yeah, Nick thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And I'm, like, funny in my head, and everybody's just like, oh, dang. You can hear, hear a pin drop. And everybody, and then some people go like, I'm like, as soon as I saw that face, I'm like, oh. I, so instantly, I'll pop being the person. I, I'm sorry. That came out wrong. My timing was off. Everything was off. Nick, I'm sorry. I was like, totally apologetic. Right? I was like, I can't believe I just said that. I was like, man, I just crashed and burned. I was like, all right, move on. Let's move on. Next, all right, who's coming up next? I look at the the, the running show. All right, so-and-so. You know, Alex, come on next. Get your award. I was like. After that, I was me and my mom. I'm driving home. My wife's like, "Really? That was funny." It's <laughs> like, "What?" She's like, "What made you do that?" And I'm like, "Cause we we had a conversation, and I remember making a remark, and I just had it in my head I could come out and make a good joke of it." But she was like, "Yeah, you didn't do that. <laughs> you messed that one up." I was like, "Yeah, I was bad. I was bad." I was like, "He he laughed though, so he's not too." Salty about it. <laughs> right. And that's the important part, right? Yeah. Coach-player relationship, and I, even if you butt heads. Yeah. yeah, and I apologized instantly. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, I, that came out wrong. I'm sorry. Didn't work like I thought it was going to work. 
let's go back up back up plan here so. so that was that for you was it obvious to tell when someone was trying too hard to give a pregame speech were there any yes. any bad ones yes. that you remember oh bad ones you don't have to call anyone out if you don't want to let me see i gotta think i have a thing with bad things when bad stuff happened i learned to forget them <laughs> That's that amnesia. That's Short part memory, of, I yeah. think that's part of being a competitor because you do. You got to turn the page. You can't sit there and be like thinking about the bad problem. Every now and then, you know, depends on how um, bad of a game. Well, it's what you do with the bad, right? Exactly. What you yeah. do with the bad all the time. So let me think. Let me think for a second. Is there a bad pep talk? Do I remember? Oh. Uh, no, I can't remember. Any, any, there were, but I can't think of none right now. Who is the worst coach? Like, you knew that you just had to get through this coach talking. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, then now we'll get hyped. Oh, my God. Hold up. There was some of that. It was probably great guy. Obviously, off the field, great guy. But uh, Dennis Erickson, when I was in Seattle, he was, you know, played at Miami. He coached at Miami, mm-hmm. the, the U, when they got the name, the U. Um, and it wasn't that he was a bad talker. It was the fact that it was the pressure. He was under. So I get drafted there, third round. <clears throat> and I remember, like, every interview that I got interviewed before training camp, during training camp, after training camp, for the whole season until the season was over, was all starting with, all right, Amon, um, you know, you got Coach Erickson and his staff, and they don't win. We don't get above 500 this season. They're gone. They're fired. And I'm, like, hearing this before they start asking me questions <laughs> as a rookie. And I'm, like, okay, this is the real world. This is what – you know, college got me prepared for it. Coach Osborne would talk about these questions. Chris Anderson would talk about these questions that we will get, you know, these loaded questions and how are we supposed to ask them. So I, I, knew, I knew how to answer them. Mm-hmm. So when he would talk, you could tell that was in his head. He was always looks totally stressed. And he would just say things. And I was just like, I kind of knew where he was coming from because, like, the whole city. Because Seattle, big city, mm-hmm. ESPN, it's, it's on every radio station. Because we went off. We started off six and zero, my rookie year. Boom, out the gate six and zero, but we finished eight and eight. Ooh, yes, bad. Ooh, bad. So by the time we start going this this losing streak, I'm seeing every time he try to talk, he's just like rubbing his forehead and ah, oh, and this that. And he's and I'm like he's doing like his his mannerisms is terrible <laughs> for a pep talk. I'm like that's not pep. You don't supposed to be looking like you're not supposed to be wearing. You know, like you, you don't have the rent due. You know, the rent you don't have the rent money this month and all that stuff. That's what you're looking like. Or you may, or you just cooked up a bad meal and you don't know what to feed it to nobody. Or you gotta feed it to some people. It's something like that's like that's not good body posture or body language right there to be giving us a pep talk to get ready to to get play against the forty niners. <laughs> this, oh, right. like, this ain't gonna help us go out here and get any, get, any, get get a win. Uh so that was probably the worst. But he was under I'll say look, he was under a ton of pressure. And unfortunately, like I said, they did get fired. So Yeah. It sucked. <laughs> other things to worry about other than it, the pep talk. Yeah. I, but I maybe learned. better pep talks would have saved the job. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> At yep. least those last ten weeks. Yep, yep. I, I had some cool people that gave us pep talks in Green Bay. Okay, like who? Okay. Mike Sherman. Mm-hmm. He got he got and Mike McCarthy got pretty I say really good in planning or asking. So they would, you know, sometimes they would do like half a pep talk and they say, oh, we got so-and-so coming in. And I remember, I think it was 2002 season, my my third year there, and Mike Sherman's coaching. And we're at the hotel. We stayed at the Radisson, not right across the street from the airport. And he already kind of gasses up, oh, yeah, we got a special guest coming in. And everybody's like trying to guess who it is. 
And then we get there, we sit down, Coach Sherman does his little pep talk, and he said, I'd like to introduce Boston, well, not Boston native, but Boston native at the kind of, and uh, Bill Russell. And I'm like, ooh! I like that dope. Oh, man. Like so Bill saying, Russell, Bill, Bill Russell. Bill Russell, Bill Russell. Come in. He's like, you know, whatever, seven feet, two inches tall. I'm like, dog, this is dope. Wow. I was like, this is dope. I mean, he was a, not only a game changer, he was a coach, he was a leader, he was an activist, all this stuff. And he's just talking, you know. And and he, he, you know, his talk was really cool. It was like, you know, he was like, you know, like grandfather, older uncle talk. It was, And it, that was an athlete. And he said, you know, he was talking about how, you know, being a Celtic, no matter, you know, be telling, you know, at that time in the 60s with all the turmoil stuff going on in the world, he said, obviously, as players and as athletes, because, you know, him and Jim Brown, they would talk because they was all part of the movement. He said, so we had to like, you know, just like stuff that goes on with players today, you got to like zone that out. You got you got to focus on your teammates and the team. He said, so we could still so we, we, we did that. We kept that, you know, kept, you know, all the politics, all the all the stuff was going outside during the season. That was we weren't part of that. When I got involved, he said when he got involved with the activism um, and uh, uh, social awareness stuff, that's when the season was over. So, but then that season though, that's when we were all basketball and we could talk about. He said I could be at the free throw line cussing. Um, what was the one point guard they had? Uh, I think his last name started with a C or something. Um, and he was a good dribbler, but he would be talking to a player. Hey man, you know, grab the, you know, pass the ball right, you know, right way and go back and forth. Um, and go, he would go at his head coach, a red R back too. You know, he'll go back and forth. But it was just like, wow, man, this guy, he's a piece of hit, like seriously, piece of history. You know, not just mm-hmm. for basketball, just for the, you know, sports history. You know, to have him in the room. I got a picture with him. I got that picture mm-hmm. in my office at home. I'm like, this is cool. And then um, it was another one, preseason game. So I didn't really expect nothing happened because it was a preseason game yeah. against the Eagles. We're in Philadelphia, preseason Philly. I didn't play a whole lot because it was preseason. But Mike Sherman got uh got smoking Joe Frazier cup in there. And this one was funny. <laughs> it was like if they got it was and I'm glad it actually makes sense why it was a preseason now. Because it didn't really wasn't a hype speech. It was and it wasn't. You know, and, and I say I say I have to be empathetic, probably dealing with you know he he's a boxer old school where he took a lot of headshots, mm-hmm. so he was just coming off the hip with with stuff. <laughs> I swear to God, like after the after he got talking, I gave him one of them faces like you just said. I was just like, I looked at one of my teammates. I'm like, what what did we just hear? Because <laughs> he talking about you know, don't begin. He went to he went down a lane where he was basically talking about like not having sex, and I'm like, what? <laughs> We're playing football in two hours, <laughs> three hours. Or we're doing football tomorrow night, I mean. We're talking about celibacy. And we're talking about celibacy. He's like, be careful. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so they'll, they'll, I want to say that wasn't a bad one, but there you go. There's a bad one. Memorable I, one. So that so, was a memorable one because he's like all of a sudden talking about being, you know, don't mess with the women, leave the women alone. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Smoking Joe Frazier. Right, thank you. I mean, everybody was like, and then, of course, all night long, being football players, being kids. We were like kids. We were joking all night. Man, I'm like, thank God this is a preseason game because that didn't help me out at all. And I said, like, if anything, it it tickled my funny bone. I said, that was <laughs> hilarious. Great guy, but okay. All right, he wants us to, 
you know, have safe sex and all that stuff, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Joe Frazier. Right, well, thank you. I was like, all right. <laughs> we learned something. We had a, a Saturday morning uh, after-school special. I don't know what we had. <laughs> well, that's awesome. We'll step aside one last time, wrap up the Mon Green Show next.